into the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV. Yeah. We are here doing Parenthood After Show, Season 6, Episode Aaron Brownstein Must Be Stopped. Mm. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. Joining me, I have... Hey guys, I'm Kelly Knutzevich. Hey y'all, I'm April Wissenhant. Funny, funny note, uh, I, I was questioning the title. I was like, who is Aaron Brownstein? Yeah. And we find out, you know, it's the kid. And we'll definitely get into it, but... He's a little side note for those who may not know. Aaron Brownstein is actually a personal assistant to Jason Kadams. I love that. Really? For Parenthood. <laughs> so you had to throw in like an actual name in there. That's Probably awesome. just a shout out. Mm-hmm. Just so, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, great. Yeah. That's, that's clever. It makes so. him even that much cooler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Aaron Brownstein. What's up? And must be stopped. All right, really quickly, what were your overall thoughts? April, we'll start with you. Um, definitely a smidge lighter. It was more serious in different ways. Obviously, the main stuff right now is Joel and Julia, really, and mm-hmm. Zeke. So this was still like serious, but it just took it to a different levels. It was crazy for me to see Max act the way he did, even though a lot of it was typical Max, but it's just clear that his emotions are really, really strong right now. So I thought it was good. Good for my heart to feel a little lighter yeah. at this point. Definitely yeah. not as emotional as I think we're used to seeing. Um I felt like a lot of the big players weren't in it today. Uh, yeah. No Zeke, which I think is probably the biggest storyline throughout the entire season. Um no, Joel no, and Julia. Team Julia. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we didn't see Adam at all. We saw or a Sarah. lot of, or Sarah. We saw a lot of Christina and Ruby. And Cro- <laughs> yeah, Ruby. Ruby. Say that with such disdain. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll we'll just start with Crosby and Jasmine because we see at the beginning of the episode we know the luncheon is taking some financial hard hits right mm-hmm. now, and they're trying to book any little gig. That can bring in any little bit of money. <laughs> the that cat was the commercial. funniest thing oh, with the cat. God, that was horrible. Meow, 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 meow. That's the, what I, do you know those cat commercials uh, from a long time ago where they just meowed meow the mix, entire meow commercial? Mix. Meow yeah. mix. Yeah, that's what I remind me of. <laughs> Where did meow mix? But meow mix was way better than what they were recording. Oh, yeah. Oh, for, for only sure. $300 a session. Yeah. Oh, that was terrible. I feel like they used to charge like thousands. Well, they had big names too, though. Yeah. You know, they had legit bands. You can't charge that much for cat food. Yeah, and it also <laughs> just depends on which recording studio you're using. Mm-hmm. They, they are a very smaller startup, so the rates are, I'm sure, completely different from like the big studios that you're used to. Yeah. Right. But okay, so we start with Crosby and Jasmine, really. Mm-hmm. And Jasmine's taking on this file clerk job, which costs. It pays $30 an hour. That's pretty good, solid money, yeah. actually. Yeah. Only because the luncheonette, it's not bringing in the finances it used to. Mm-hmm. Are we happy that Jasmine has to go to back to work and Crosby's kind of not being the one who's bringing home the bacon? Mm-hmm. Definitely not happy about it, obviously, but 
um, you know, props to her for stepping up when she has to. It is, um, you know, he does own the business, obviously. He owns the luncheonette, so it's not, he can't just really go out and get another job in order to support. You know, there would be a process, let's say, if the luncheonette does shut down, which hopefully it won't. Yeah. Um, but so I say props to her for kind of stepping up and taking a job where she doesn't necessarily obviously want to do it, but I'm like, what file clerk job pays 30 bucks an hour? Yeah. That's insane. Apparently the one her mom works yeah, at. I no, was like, well, that's there. why she has the job, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And seeing her mom, I'm like, ooh, trouble's coming, because yeah. Renee only brings trouble with her. Renee. Family <laughs> dinner that time, oof. Yeah. yeah. No bueno. Um, I feel like Crosby is not being very honest with the state that the lunch net is in right now. And mm-hmm. I think Jasmine's the one making decisions like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you about this. I am for sure going back to work. And Crosby, you don't really have a say. Um, obviously, I think in a in a marital situation, you should discuss, hey, what do you think about me going back to work? But I just think that Crosby would be so stubborn and so stern and say, no, you need to be home. You need to take care of the kids. Lunch net is fine. No problem. But... I, I just don't think that conversation would really go down like that. But right. the thing is, I think it's already implied that they already had that conversation. A few episodes ago, you can tell that he was resistant and not wanting to tell Jasmine was really going on and telling the whole truth. But now it's just to the point where Jasmine's like, hey, I'm going to take this job because we do need it. Mm-hmm. And really, beggars can't be choosers right now because we are literally in a state where we can't afford to not do anything about it we have to take action and get money but when you when she said uh when she told her mom that Crosby's very optimistic about the state of the lunch net and that it's going to be back up on its feet in no time do you think that Crosby really does feel that way or do you think that Crosby's hoping for the best and just he kind of knows that it's going downhill well I think Crosby knows it's going downhill right now but again he kept saying it's this whole luncheon is based on a dream. But you have to put hard work into your dream. You're going to have your ups and downs in your career. This is his music career. And it's not just a dream, but it is his job. Mm-hmm. So and I think, you know, everyone has to go through that financial struggle. And right now, this is just that time he's doing it. But the, what did you think of Renee kind of, like, little overstepping? And trying to, I mean, I'm sure she had good intentions, especially, you know, it's her daughter that's also being infected too. But do you think Renee was overstepping by suggesting this real estate career? I think she should have learned her lesson by now. When she interferes in their relationship, it just does not work out, which she's not dealing or interfering directly with their relationship. But it is still, you know, that's that's like a punch in the gut to him. It is semi-emasculating in the way to have your mother-in-law of all people. It's kind of different when it comes from maybe like your own mom or your family. Um, but it's, uh, you know, she's his family obviously, but Renee kind of has a history of overstepping and she does, she just can't deliver it in the right way. She was yeah. trying to be nice about it, but it's just so clear that she's doing it for a reason and he's definitely not going to be happy with that ever. Yeah, and we know that Renee and Crosby have never been the best of friends. <laughs> and I, I feel like Renee comes from more of a judgmental point of view because she always she's always doing something to kind of undermine Crosby and everything, even in the past with, when it came to Jabbar and all of Crosby's decisions. So even stuff like that, that like she's like, okay, is, this is just another thing that you're not 
you know living up to the expectation that I had for you mm-hmm. and my daughters like you're not doing your job so I feel like Renee was coming from that judgmental was like okay this is just another thing that you can't provide for my daughter right yeah. and she doesn't it's like she's almost speaking to him in a way where it's like dumbing him down like trying to semi trying to cover it up but like so clearly not covering it up yeah. and it's just like how how would how does she think he's going to react to it? Like, obviously she cares about them and is coming from a good place, but she also should know how much the luncheonette means to him. And by her suggesting, Oh, why don't you do some real estate on the side? It's clear that she's like, you failed. So let me give you another solution for something that I think will work for you. And it's just too far and not her place. Yeah. And it's something that Renee wants him to do, not what he wants or what Jasmine wants. And he does not like being told what to do, especially from his mother-in-law. I mean, I can understand why they bring Renee back. Just, I mean, it is the final season. So you're going to be seeing a lot of old characters coming back, but to bring her back for this type of story again, I'm kind of done with her. Yeah. Just yeah. like, ditto. Move on. You're, you're not, no matter what you're going to do, Crosby's not going to change. And I don't, I mean, I get, she keeps suggesting things, but it's, you're just going to get the same result from Crosby. Exactly. But I did like how she suggested something totally different from the luncheonette, and then you have Amber come in and say, I did a lot of research, I have a great idea. And it was a positive note for the luncheonette. I thought that was good. Yeah, what do we think of Amber just being that the voice of reason and voice of confidence back into Crosby and be like, yes, this is a dream, but you know what? You go out and pursue your dreams. You do things. We're going to go past 11 p.m. at midnight and hustle this band because we need them. Mm -hmm. I I think it's setting her up for a future at the luncheonette. Exactly. I think it's they're wanting us to see uh, the driven side of her, the person who's like, okay, we have to figure something out because she hasn't been that and the past she's just kind of been like well let's just hope things work out and that something will happen and so i think they're doing it purposefully so that they can show us that like oh this is something she would be good at obviously she had a little hindrance of braxton hicks but not something she can control um but yeah i like that she was kind of the voice to bring him back up because crosby it sometimes it takes a very specific person with each specific situation to bring him back up. Sometimes it's Adam, his dad, his mom, and now we see Amber doing it. So mm-hmm. I think- Again, another motherly thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I find it very interesting how Crosby's character this particular season is seeming so down mm-hmm. on himself. Yeah. Where, whereas in the past seasons, he's the one that's always bringing someone up. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, just raising everyone else's spirits. When, say, particular moment when uh, Joel, no, not Joel, oh my goodness, Julia mm-hmm. was questioning when she, Victor oh, was still yes. new into the family and Julia was questioning if she was a good mother. Mm-hmm. And Crosby was like, no, you're the best mother ever. So it's just moments like that where I feel like his character is the one that brings everybody's spirits up. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that's kind of down on his luck. He's he's really impressed. He's really bringing me down right yeah. now. Or it's really, really harming me to see Crosby like this. Because, you know, I love Crosby, obviously. And yeah. he is just... It's tough to see him in this position, and I can't imagine... I don't, I don't know what's going to get him out of it. I don't like the direction that they're taking his storyline this season. I just feel... I feel like it's not Crosby. I feel like they're setting him up for a big story that we don't know yet. 
Oh, and God. that's I know y'all. <laughs> I know. I mean, we'll get to predictions, yeah. but I I just question why his character has taken such a big dramatic turn this mm-hmm. particular season. If it's all for nothing, because it has to be for something. We're I mean halfway into the season. It's it, that's the thing. It's so hard to develop a story that's so different from a character, but still like turn it around. It's because it's not it's not going to be satisfying for viewers to just have that one episode like he's all better again. Yeah. You know, it's got to be a turn. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, well, we're more than halfway there. How are you going to do that? Something is going to happen. Yeah. Um we don't know what. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not death cuz when we're borderline <sighs> death story with anybody in this is really yeah. up in the air. I but think we've predicted we'll everything at this point. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, anyone's fair game right now. We're like Renee, it's, it's her. <laughs> but uh we, we did see throughout all of this the luncheon and problems Amber having her con- Braxton Hicks contractions turned out it to just ended up being Braxton Hicks, which is a very common symptom mm-hmm. in your later period of uh, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But the, what do you think of Amber not telling Drew about, you know, when she's going through all this, not calling Drew to go to the hospital? And what do you think of their relationship now? Because Drew's doing econ just to get money for her. I think she didn't tell him for exactly what she said because she didn't, she didn't want to make him feel bad. You know, they had just gotten in this big argument. She knew he had to study. I'm sure she probably would have called him if it was something, if it turned out to be something serious. But, I mean, how can you, how could she really sit there and call him after he basically just told her, I'm doing this and something that I don't enjoy to to help you. Yeah. And so I get her, I get her not calling him. Um, I don't know, though. I think it's, I don't believe him whenever he told her or they had their conversation and she said, don't do anything that doesn't make you happy or that Mm -hmm. you don't truly love. And he said, and he promised, they pinky promised, and I kind of don't believe him. I love how they brought back the pinky promise. Me too. I mean, such a, you know, brother-sister moment. Yeah, where they bring things back. Yeah, I think it was the episode where both of the, those two were going to the family dinner mm-hmm. and they got high on weed. Oh, yeah. And they're like, let's not tell anyone. Peaky promise. I think that was the last time we saw it. Mm-hmm. And then they show up and it's like, what's up, everybody? Yeah, and everybody <laughs> so knows they're completely baked. on something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked how they brought that moment back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. But, uh, but also, you know, we know Drew's not really good at math. He's bad at econ. And he kind of gets to the point of bitterness. Like, we know he doesn't want that. He's not supposed to be doing econ, obviously. But what do you think of Amber talking to Drew? It's like, no. You know, be do it for, you know, pick another major that will make you happy. Don't do it for me. I'll be fine. I think it was good that she talked to him about that because he's obviously trying to pick this major for her to be able to take care of her, to provide for her. But the fact that she's like, hey... I got this. Bro, you do you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good for him to hear because I think he did take it to heart because it's coming from Amber, who I think he respects the most, one of the most in the whole family yeah. besides oh, Zeke. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hearing it straight from her mouth saying, I, I can do this on my own was good. I think who whatever lady snatches Drew up in the end is going to be a very lucky lady because the fact that he's willing to do that 
for his family and to help them out because he knows he needs that. I mean, that's a that shows some good character right yeah. there. So yeah. whether he ends up with who he's with now or whoever, I think she'll be a lucky lady. Just, yeah, he's a very caring guy, but mm-hmm. to the point where he cares too much about other people, he doesn't take care of himself. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think he's taking care of himself just fine. Now he is. Well, okay, but with this whole school situation, I mm-hmm. mean, he didn't go with Amber because he did want to provide for her, but he's trying to get his School is his main priority right now. He's trying to focus on school. When Natalie says, come hang out with me, he's like, no, i got to focus on school. When Zeke says, come hang out, go shooting with me, he says, no, i got to do school. So mm-hmm. I think that he's, I think he has his head on straight. I think he does, too. The only reason is because it's just, but he's doing it because he's trying to help her. So that's yeah. what I mean as far as, like, he's not, like, super taking care of himself because he's doing something that makes him unhappy because he wants to help someone else. So he, like, definitely he's making school the priority and that sort of thing. But it's like, he does need to, what was his major before? Like, art history? Or what was it going to be? Goodness, I, yeah. I forgot. It's always been econ, econ, econ. But yeah. Yeah. hopefully some, you know, he got some sense knocked into him. Right. It's like, all right. Great, I can change my major. <laughs> like, don't spend do thousands of dollars on something you're going to regret later. Oh, the worst. College. But, okay, so we we had a very serious emotional kind of um, storyline with Max. Yeah. Max and Dylan. He, Max, we see him start at the uh, beginning of the episode asking Christina, how do you ask a girl out? And what do you think Which of? I thought that was very interesting advice because he has done so much research on on everything from books to the internet. He's he knows girls inside and out, and the fact that he goes to his mom and doesn't want to go to his dad and asks, "How do I ask out a girl?" He could have found that information on the internet. I mean, I'm sure girlfriend. there's a lot more. There's a lot more information than Christina could provide. Although I did, I do think she gave pretty much the best advice. Yeah, you just, just you just, just go up there, Yeah, be confident. I like that he's like, I need the exact protocol. Yeah. What is the protocol he to ask the girl out? He needs out. to be structured. His yeah. life is all about structure. Exactly. So, so structured to the point where he he's reading all those books. And then I'm, I will applaud Max for ex- saying all of his emotions. Because mm-hmm. that is a very, very hard thing for just, I think, people in, in general. general. Right. Not just guys or girls, but just people in general to display all your emotions and your affections for a particular person. Mm-hmm. I, and I think the way he did it was very creative. I agree. And very thought out, for, especially for Max. That's really true to character and how an Asperger's person would portray his emotions. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so sad to me, though, because it's, it's just clear, I, I mean... It's clear that she doesn't feel that way about him, but it's clear to us. And he has Asperger's, so it's not clear to him. And to see him go through that and just have everyone else, everyone watching and people laughing. It's like, yeah, even at that school, obviously that's made for, you know, people with different issues and behavioral issues, whatever. Like, they're still going to tease one another. And I don't know. I definitely applaud him. I could never do that myself. And I could never make a poster and be like, this is why I like you. Um, In front of everybody. Right. So, that I mean, that takes some guts. And he's, I mean, we see him just like growing up, or he's just grown up right before our eyes, especially this season. And I don't know. I just felt so bad for him, though. I did feel bad for him because, you know, he does all that after he sees 
Dylan making out with Aaron Brownstein. Oh, what a jerk. Hence the title of the episode. <laughs> you no, know, you know who I thought was the the jerk that um in that whole situation was Max? the friend. Oh, oh the, the instigator friend who was just sitting there was like, this is kind of creepy. And then like her side commentary was not needed, which was no. just making the situation just a step more worse than what it should have been. Right, yeah. definitely. And Dylan didn't do her part. You know, like she... Obviously, she doesn't like Max like that, but they are friends. And I feel like she should have been like, shut up, like, stop. Um, but clearly, she wasn't in the state to well, do it she, at that point. I mean, she did try to stop him, though. It's just he no, was I mean, to on her a friend. Role. I yeah. thought she should have oh, told her to friend, her friend to stop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no stopping him. There was no stopping yeah. anyone, really. I mean, because yeah. I think she was just so focused on Max, stop, stop, stop. And mm-hmm. it just, she probably couldn't process everything happening at once. Yeah. And the hard thing with Max is that you can't really have him stop because he's the kind of guy who will react, be like, no, I have to say everything. Because, again, you said very structured. Mm-hmm. And and he had this whole speech laid out, I'm sure, and he, he had to say it from beginning to end. But what do we think of Christina during this whole situation and, like, really just handling Max and her after all that went down and just in the street, how emotional that was. Yeah. And Christina being proud of Max, just, that that was a very courageous thing to do. Definitely. I have two halves of this. There's the one half where the end, the end speech, I thought it was great. She, you know, at first I was like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. You know, obviously, I I don't know how old Max is right now. He's in high school, though, we know. Um, But, uh, you know, he does need to hear those kinds of things from someone. He does need to hear, like, that's courageous, because he doesn't necessarily know that that's courageous. Um, So at first I was like, oh, kind of cheesy. Then I was like, no, she's amazing. But mm-hmm. that's the second half. The first half, I'm like, honey, I know, like, I know he has Asperger's and you treat that differently and you punish differently than you do a child who doesn't have it. But, like, he shoved a kid and started a fight. Yeah. Like, and there was no punishment. That's, the, I think it's hard to be the, what is she? She's not the, the headmaster. The headmaster of the school. And be the mom, too. Because she's, I think she's having a difficult time. She's kind of, the line is very blurred. Yes. The, it's, it's a very thin line between being that, um, the legal role compared to a parental role. Yeah. But I feel that, I mean, I think from a parenting aspect, she said everything, you know, right on the head. And, um, and, but for uh, a legal, you know, a headmaster, I don't think she did enough mm-hmm. because that's setting the tone for all the other students. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have, Kids with behavioral issues, you're going to have to deal with fights or some emotional breakdown, and you're going to have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she set the tone for the proper way to deal with it. I mean, yes, it's hard. Again, I mean, let us know for all you listeners. What yeah. do you think Christina should have done in that situation? I would say you lose your kitchen privileges or something. You right. Know? Um, it's just, just from the the teacher aspect. aspect or, yeah. Whenever someone gets into a fight at school, like, you know that they got in trouble. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. everyone talks about it, you know, they got suspended, whatever. And so everyone's going to know that nothing happened to him. And maybe they won't take this that storyline any farther as far as, like, him getting in trouble. But I can, just like you said, I can just see some other kid getting into a fight and being like, well, Max didn't get in trouble. Exactly. But ne- neither did Aaron. What's his name? Aaron, Aaron Brownstein. Brownstein. But Max started it, though. So it's all about the kid who starts it. Because Max, they're both Max... in the fight. You know, if you have a fight in school, both people get in trouble regardless of who started it. 
Yeah, nothing happened to Aaron. Yeah, nothing. I mean, well, actually, because, you know, it cuts to commercial, and then we see the second half of that conversation because Aaron was dismissed. So I, I even wrote in my notes, what happened with Aaron? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you know, true. Like, what went down in that conversation? I'm sure some chastising, but mm-hmm. I think that's just a small detail that, you know, we're just going to, unfortunately, just overlook. Yeah. That's really not that, that important. Yeah. yeah. But I just... You know, we have to question everything. But then the flyers too, though. Those it's flyers, not just a, which is, I mean, that's like harassment. I mean, from a, yeah, from a, a different perspective, someone who doesn't have Asperger's, and if you were Aaron Brownstein's perspective, that could be bullying. And mm-hmm. I hate to use that word, but that it's a that's, form of it. That's, yes, is a serious form of bullying in a way, and mm-hmm. that being in, on the receiving end of someone who's being the antagonistic instigator. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't... I mean, it's clear that he doesn't get it, but I, I almost... I kind of feel like he does get it in a sense, though. Like, he knows what he's doing, but he's not thinking of it in the sense of, like, oh, these people have treated me this way, and I'm treating this boy the same way because he thinks it's justified in his mind. Mm-hmm. And the fact that... I mean, obviously, he's going to be mad. All of us would be mad, but the fact that Aaron Brownstein is kissing Dylan, who Dylan clearly wanted to kiss him, it's kind of her fault, too. You know, that doesn't constitute creating a hateful flyer and yeah, yeah. punching him. What Ugh. what do we think of Dylan? Because she's the sad one in the me- midst of all of this. I'm like, yeah. stuck in the middle. No kidding. <laughs> uh, but do you think she handled that situation correct? Like, just know. yelling out, I'm never going to love you that way? Well, Max, he cannot be stopped. He can't, like, she tried to stop him, and he was just going for it, yelling and screaming, and, you know, he just, he wasn't listening to anyone, anything. And so I think the fact that, I think she had to put it to a stop really quickly and say something that he didn't want to hear, but at least it's the truth. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, props to her for, maybe she didn't go about it in the best way, but she did explain how she was feeling. Not in the best way. Uh, I will, I mean, it's hard because... Max does have Asperger's. He doesn't really register that um, those emotions, and he it's not you know it's again it it's that sensitive line mm-hmm. because even Dylan's Dylan's more aware of that, but she doesn't know how to convey her feelings back, and it's the fact that she really doesn't have feelings for Max, she's aware of that, but Max isn't right. Mm-hmm. And I think I completely agree with you. She definitely Max. People have to be completely straightforward with him in order to get their real point across. And she wasn't being straightforward with him. And in order to get him to stop, she had to. Obviously, it could have been done a lot better in a different context. But maybe, you know, it kind of took him feeling that, like, pain and being because i can i can imagine like them being at his house or just the two of them when she she came over to talk to christina right it's if i feel like if she told him that in that context he would still not take it very seriously or he would think that he could still change her mind he wouldn't take the right way right so it's obviously i don't think it was exactly the right way but it's like i don't really know what would be the right way i think he understood when she said it that way i think he got it Mm -hmm. whereas i think had she said something when she was at his house talking to christina i don't think he would have gotten it then yeah right but i will give it to christina too how she handled every situation the best to her ability and even back on the street and you know because that's where the story kind of ends just saying 
eventually down the road you will feel all these feelings again but it's Mm going to be for the right person who will feel all those same feelings for you back Mm -hmm. and i think that's the best way to say it yeah i think it is too i just don't think he heard it i really think that it went through one ear went in through one ear and out the other just because he's so he's so emotional at this point he's so Mm -hmm. he's so focused on what just happened that he can't really hear anything or think of anything or think about the future he's just heartbroken right now which every kid i feel like would be that way i went i I would never forget. I got broken up with over an answering machine, y'all, oh, one time. Oh my God. I was in like the third oh. grade, I think, and we were on our way home, and my mom. Third grade? Maybe. The, I mean, obviously, it was like, <laughs> was like very, very young. young okay. <laughs> obviously, right. it was very young, but um, so it wasn't like a real thing. No, I guess maybe like fifth grade. It, either way. <laughs> um, so we're on our way home, and my mom calls our answering machine to check the messages, and she's like, hey, and uh, my boyfriend had had his friend break up with me on the answering machine. It wasn't even your boyfriend. Oh, right? That's that's oh. cool. Yeah. So I feel like it's something that kids. You know, my mom said the same thing. Like, you'll find someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah. But I kind of, you know, the little girl that they showed Max. Like, she gave Max a book or something like that. I was like, oh, she's kind of flirty with Max. Yeah, she yeah. was very nice to him. Yeah. I don't know. Ooh. Well, hopefully, I mean. And, but it's good for Max that he's having this type of real kind of just anyone who's in that first relationship, what do you do? How How's it going to go? How's it going to end? And unfortunately, he had his first hardship. Yeah. And, but that's just the growing pains of yeah. you know, just growing up. Or at least but he had the, it. Yeah. At least he had it. Mm-hmm. And I will give it to Parenthood because every i anyone can relate to any kind of story whether you have asperger's or not mm-hmm. people know what the hardship of hey are you my girlfriend are you my boyfriend whatever right yeah. so good on max to, to having this story i think yes. do we think that's the end of dylan i think so yeah, yeah. i I'm, i can imagine her appearing in a few episodes but not and it's going to be the the end of the, the like relationship yeah. feeling yeah, wise i feel like that story has come to a complete full stop yeah and done moving on close Big, that chapter yeah close that chapter mm-hmm. but okay but another chapter that's still kind of going on ruby <sighs> i mean okay i love the show y'all know but yes. i'm kind of i'm really tired of seeing ruby yeah. yeah honestly because we're seeing ruby more so than our main characters yeah. and i'm like and i'm not okay with that especially with our last season yeah and She's just such a brat. Yeah. She's such a teenager. She's definitely such a teenager. Every, maybe not, obviously not every teen, but, you know, it happens very often where your parents go out of town and you have people over and you lie to your parents. Um, But she's just so awful about it. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we've all been there, like, yelling at your parents when you're getting in trouble. I mean, it's a part of life, but... I just like the chick is not going to learn her lesson, and uh, I mean, I don't, she had a good little moment with Hank at the end, but I don't know. She's just such she yeah. she's a good liar too. She's like, I promise, I swear, no, I'm not inviting. Did you really over. believe her though? I didn't. When Sandy I, and Hank were like, No, you're you're lying. You're going to have a whole party. Did we think she was being genuine at that particular moment? No, no, no. But only so, because I'm like, I can clearly see, see where this is happen. going. Yeah. Yeah, but I just feel like they're building Hank's character up. They're giving him it's great character growth, but I'm I'm just I'm whatever about it. I mm-hmm. mean, Hank is great and and I like seeing him, 
but I just don't like Ruby, and I just don't think he's... I'd prefer to see Sarah or see Adam, just, you know, one of the Bravermans, actually grow in another area. But but that's also the thing, too. I mean, I can understand. I love how they are building Hank's story mm-hmm. because he is that father who needs to be a father. He hasn't really done that. But if you think about it, he's one of the only parents that still that has a teenager because Sarah and Sarah's kids, you know, Drew and Amber, they're grown up. Mm-hmm. We we have Max, and we're seeing his story. But even Sydney and Victor, they're they're still too young right now. So right. Hank's the only person that has a real teenager that can have those teenager problems that Parenthood is showing. Mm-hmm. But Sydney started to have those issues too that we saw, and She's we didn't. Like the fourth yeah, grade though. Or how, I don't know how old she is. Yeah, she's in fourth grade having teenager problems. Yeah, I just I'm I'm super over it. And how Ruby reacted when she came back in the house at the end when uh, when Sandy dropped her off mm-hmm. and she's like, "All right, Dad, you know I can't do anything in my room. So what are we gonna do today?" I'm sorry. Read a no, book. No yeah. child would do. Goodness. No teenager would do that. No, We're, I would have been straight in my room. Exactly. Yeah. Even my if you have no internet, no, you can't go online. If you can't do anything on your phone. You would still be so mad. You wouldn't be like, all right, Dad, let's hang out today. No, you would go straight up to your room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That part was a little unrealistic for sure. But Absolutely. I also, I as much so. as much as I am over Ruby, I do like that they showed something that, like, that situation is very real. And Parenthood, obviously, is about showing, like, things that really happen. And I feel like they depicted it in, a, in an exact way that it really would have happened. Like, there's a keg in the bathtub. Yeah. And I love two that. kegs at Mar- that party. Marijuana paraphernalia. Yeah. <laughs> he was so concerned about that. That's yeah. how Hank it. would say it. There's weed. There's yeah. bongs. No, there's marijuana paraphernalia. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's just, the thing is, I'm really tired of Ruby and it's this type of storyline. We've seen it in so many movies mm-hmm. and so many other television shows and I felt like we did not need to see this in this yeah. episode. I mean, right. granted, I love Parenthood but I felt like they wasted our time with this stuff. With I the storyline. Totally yeah, I, I agree. We could have seen Team Julia. We could have seen Zeke and Camille with a more interesting story than someone we already don't care about. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm just really frustrated with yeah. Ruby. Mm-hmm. She should be done for. Yeah, but I think we just we had this typical party storyline, and then to end it with Hank having another father daughter moment, because that's really the the end game that Hank needs to be go through those parental problems, mm-hmm. having his daughter say I hate you, but in the end you know that you know father and daughter you really do love each other right yeah but that was the only payoff yeah i i just think they're setting that thing up for a whole other storyline but we'll obviously get there (laughs) in predictions all right but okay so anything else that's it yeah can't wait for next week oh i don't want to talk about it so much okay All right, so let's get to some news and gossip. <gasps> yes, yes, that was like, <laughs> All right, so... Tell us, tell us, yes, tell us. I went to the Parenthood 100th episode celebration, and it was freaking phenomenal. Oh, I'm so, I will I'm just so say jealous. That. I, I still can't wrap my head around it because it was just so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I went to Universal Studios last week um, and went to the cake celebration and a lot of people were there the whole cast was there surprisingly so was ruby there no actually she was not good but hattie was jeffrey's 
or I, no, for, I don't know why I call him Chris, Mr. Jeffries. Chris, Chris Jeffries. Jeffries. No, he was but it's like the main core okay. characters that even Lauren Graham was there, Dax Shepard, you know, all all of them were there. Ron Howard was also Whoa. there. Really? Yeah, I mean he, he created parenthood. So right. but to have someone as big as Ron Howard, yeah, he was man, there, yeah. had a speech. We had Jason Kadams and Brian Grazier. They were there, you know, just talking about um, you know, what parenthood has done for everybody in the last six years. Everyone has become a family. And then he also made a joke that, oh, this is the first time you'll see the parenthood writers eat gluten. <laughs> eating, eating cake, which was just really fun. <laughs> um, awesome. And then, of course, I had, of course, I had to interview them. Oh, obviously. I met a lot of them. And they were, your interviews were so good. Ah, thank you. So uh, they, they were really fun. So we actually did have fun photos. This is just me. And Bonnie Bedelia and Craig oh, T. Nelson. Oh, how cute you are! Yeah, they were, they, they were really fun. And, you know, I, I asked them uh, because we know Zeke's favorite sport is baseball. What's Craig's favorite sport? And he says he's a golfer. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. And then Bonnie Bedelia, she's an actual artist too, and she paints. And that's why they made Camille a painter mm-hmm. in the show. That trip, yeah. And. And then I'm like, well, will we get to see any of your work in the show? We can. There's enough time to display. She's like, maybe. We'll <laughs> That'd be see. Cool. You, you really know what's cute. so weird is, were they like shooting this day? No. Or was it just because they are both like he's dressed like Zeke and she's dressed like Camille? And is this? I'm guessing this is how they dress themselves, this, probably. Ma- maybe, or, yeah. or a stylist. I don't know. I but. don't think with such a big celebration of that day they were filming. Anything, right, I'm pretty True. sure. I, I just like that they're. If they anything, they like probably the did a read through <laughs> that day mm-hmm. rather than actual filming. Um, and then our next photo, we have myself oh! and Tim Julia. <laughs> My yes, babies, Erica and Christensen. Erica Christensen and Sam Jagger. Um, they they were really fun to talk to. Really good interview. We'll actually get to see a little bit of that. Um, but I, I talked to them. What was the best advice that they gave Sholo, who plays Victor, and Savannah, who plays Sydney, um, as being you know being the parental roles and then the parental act actors, I mm-hmm. guess you can say. And they said you know being self confident. It's like you always have to keep your self confidence up. Especially at such a young age, that can really bring you down. Right. So you know, just keep your self confidence, and Great you'll advice. be good. And then also, they said when they first started filming Parenthood, that Savannah, she was so young, uh, she was I believe four yeah, at the time, wow. that the way that they had to rehearse with her because she was too young to read, mm-hmm. so you would have to say all the lines out loud, and she would have to repeat it, and that's how she learned her lines. Oh, oh I love that! But now because she's older. That she she's actually really good at improv. Savannah is. Oh, yeah, she has I bet like she learned that on the show. Yeah, a bunch of one liners that even Erica and Sam are like really surprised for such a young king being wow. so improvisational. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Then the next photo, we have me and the kids. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Shola, Kyrie, and Savannah. The, I actually got to speak to them for a long time. Um, only about a 10 minute interview. That, that's like unheard of on the red yeah. carpet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they talked about uh, one of their favorite moments from the first day on set. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. I mean, they, we talked for a good amount of times, but they said, uh, you know, just meeting Dax for the first time was really fun and hanging out in trailers. Aww. And like being surprised by the craft services. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, all this food. And then also I asked them, uh, because they are so young and they have the whole careers ahead of them, what would they like to portray in the future as actors? Mm-hmm. And, 
Uh, Tyree said he'd like to go into action, like action films. Oh, mm. that's I awesome. could see that. Yeah, sure. I could too. Yeah, so moving on to our next one. I believe we have one more. And then me, <laughs> Monica Potter and Max Burkholder. Of course, uh, yes, Monica Potter did high five. That me. is amazing. Oh. That was like, yes, I gotta get this. This is amazing. <laughs> it was all on camera. So I talked to them about, uh, you know, just they talked about how they first met mm-hmm. and, uh, they were up in San Francisco actually talking to an Asperger's, uh, a doctor who specializes in Asperger's and, their first meeting was Max was just constantly hitting Monica <laughs> and Monica was just like not having it and she's like oh no hell no <laughs> um, but then she's like this is what parents would have to deal with with yeah. someone who has Asperger's so it's something to get used to right? and that really just set the tone for how they portrayed their relationship from the mother son mm-hmm. um, perspective and I thought that was Fascinating. Yeah. They were so cool. And I got to high five Monica Potter. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, and I don't know if you noticed in those photos, I was repping our sister network, Black Hollywood Live. Yes. So definitely check out um, those because we also had Joy Bryant. Um, we had her interview. Um, she she came to us first because oh, she was like, oh, I'm coming to you first. And she uh-huh. was really cool. She was talking about her fashion line and, uh-huh. and whatnot. Uh, very cool. But also, I do have a short interview with Erica and Sam. We'll, hopefully we'll see a little bit of this. Here we go. Hey everyone, I'm Marissa Serafini. We are here with Sam Yeager and Erica Christensen who plays Joel and Julia. Team Julia. Team I'm, Julia. Team Julia. I'm so excited for this they were season. Congratulations on 100. Thank you. It, it snuck up on us, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, kind of For sure. Are you guys happy with how they've been playing out the Team Julia storyline this season? Absolutely. I mean, the, the fact that we have had so much time to let it play out in um, kind of in real time, you know, and not rush things has been really interesting. We have now, like, recently gotten to the point where we feel like we get a grasp on the fact that both of them are very justified in the way that they feel and... Uh, and we really have high hopes for them getting back together. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah, I'm dying. Yes. Right they were amazing. The way Jason Cadence created this storyline is that I was so thankful it wasn't wrapped up neatly in one season because, you know, problems like this, in, like in real life, take a long time. And there's a lot of gray area where, you know, where in different intervals both Joel and Julia have made major missteps just like we do in real life. And... Uh, it's been fun to watch them try and try and mend mend the uh, the wounds. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, it was a really fun interview, and you can definitely check out all the interviews um, on Black Hollywood Live. Then we also had, of course, After Buzz TV was there too. And yeah. you can check out the Lauren Graham interview. Um, on AfterBuzz TV channel. Unfortunately, I did not get to meet Laura Graham. Wow. But she did walk right in front of me. Oh. And, you know, I'm just a big, sorry. I am a big Lauren Graham fan. I'm not going to feel no need to apologize. That. <laughs> but uh, she went to every other outlet but mine. Because she oh. started later in the in the line and mm. then went back to the beginning and then stopped right before oh, me. no. Like, no, Lauren, come back. <laughs> it, it was one of those moments. But it was very, very cool. Everything Awesome. Being there in that environment. Yeah. And then also, I did get to take just a quick walk through the Christina Adam house. Because yeah. it was filmed right outside. The, the whole event was right outside the soundstage mm-hmm. of the house. So I didn't get to take any photos and videos yeah. of that. But being 
in the house. So cool. I mean, so detailed. The pots and pans, the little sticky notes on the bulletin boards. Everything is so real and authentic. Mm -hmm. And it feels like an actual real house. That's That's awesome. Yeah. It was very, very neat. And uh, it was such a fun fun experience. I'm so glad you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll be there for, they'll have like a finale rap party. Ooh. Maybe. I would crash that. I know, right? Crash, oh, yeah. So <laughs> crash that. Um, it, really fun experience and I'm glad I got to show it with you ladies and everybody else who's listening and watching. It was, it was great, especially for the farewell season. Yeah. Oh, oh, goodness. Alright, let's go to predictions. And now, What a preview. Oh, right? the worst. The worst. Absolutely <laughs> we're, worst. We're all like flashing in our chairs kind of like this, watching it or watching the end of the episode and then we're like, <gasps> what? Immediately, like, sit up. Chills. Tears. Oh, I mean, tears. tears didn't fall, but they oh, were God, there. Tears. Yep. Bieber works up at yeah. the end yeah. of that 30 second preview. Okay, so we see Mark Sear come back. Mm-hmm. I like it. They're questioning whether Sarah should end it up with Mark. Do you think Sarah should end it up with Mark? I y'all know. I think that's what they're setting it up for. I think they're setting it up for a little Sandy Hank action, mm. and Mr. Sears coming back for a reason. I think they are too. I just feel like there might not be enough episodes left in the season or the series to right. to have Sarah and Mr. Sear rekindle their romance. Oh, Good you point. know what? For I. Sure. I I think Mark's the kind of person, because we did see back then, uh, Mark's like, I'm going to fight for you when he was fighting against Hank. Mm -hmm. Mark is still that kind of person. He's going to say, I broke up with my fiance. I want you back. And then she's like, okay. And make out session go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Team Julia, are they going to get divorced? April, you first. She was... Oh, it killed me because why is she being so mean to him? Oh. She's like, sign the papers. No, they're, they can't get divorced. I just, I don't, I don't think it will happen. You I'm know, I think they're going to wait till the last episode and then they're going to get together. And it's just, we're going to wait for how many more episodes are there? Five, uh, six, some, something seven. like that. Yeah, I, I and we're going to wait. Right. And then it's just like, that's going to be the last one. The last episode. We're going to see them. And then we're going to find out whoever dies. Somebody's going to die in the last episode. Oh well, that's going to be the twist of it all. Nobody dies. Nobody's going to die. Right? <laughs> They're like, you thought there was death. It's like how death of relationships. So that's you. Right. Yeah. right. How mean and how teasing would that be for parenthood? Oh, but Such I'd be so happy. I would be happy. I mean, I I wouldn't like argue that. But yeah. you see, Zeke's having problems. Do you think he's going to have another heart attack? I for sure. I think something is going to happen where he has to go to the hospital again, and the whole family is going to come back together. And that's when we're going to see we're going to see everyone in the episode because we always Chills. miss someone. We miss a couple people in every episode. And Such so, a huge ensemble. Yeah. And speaking of which, Parenthood was actually the story. Line was actually supposed to take place in Philadelphia, but because they have such a big ensemble, mm-hmm. they couldn't budget that. And oh. They couldn't put. You know, they didn't have the finances to travel ever and to you know commute everybody. Right. So they they set it in Berkeley. Oh, I, like I it. love it. Which is very very interesting little factoid for you. Yeah. But Thank you. you know, with Zeke, I mean, we already saw him have a mini heart attack. He's and once you have one, you're prone to your expect or your chances of getting another one are so much higher yeah. than one who hasn't. It should be interesting. I'm gonna say it. I still think Zeke's gonna die. Yeah, 
Okay, goodness. All right. <laughs> Our heart so can't take it. So, yeah. so much. I can't. Next week is going to be crazy uh, emotional. April, where can everyone follow you? Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at April Wissenhant. And you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Kinez. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Definitely check out all those fun interviews yes, on yes. AfterBuzz TV and BlackHollywoodLive.com. Check out their YouTube channel as well. They're pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And really fun after show. Yes. We will see you next week. That's a craziness. I know. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.